Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you glad again to be here this morning with a big amen? Amen. As we come to worship the risen Lord and Savior, we've been in a series leading up to Easter called The Need for Easter and what all Easter represents. And we've taken a look at the need for the gospel. And today we're going to look at the need for the resurrection. You know, there's some that will tell you that it was enough that Jesus died on the cross and that his blood poured out for the remission of our sins. But there's far more to the gospel than that. There's far more to this whole Easter thing, not just the Easter bunny and the little eggs that he brings, but it's Jesus Christ that brought the good news and the new life. Amen? Is the reason that we're here today to worship and to celebrate him. And there is a need for the resurrection. And we're going to look at that. And I'm here to tell you, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is vital to the gospel And it's vital to our lives. How many of you are glad that you serve a risen Lord and Savior? Amen. It wouldn't be the same if he was still in that tomb. We would be weak. Death would not have been defeated. But that's what I want us to look at today is the need for the resurrection. If you would take your Bibles with me this morning and open to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And once you've turned there, move your finger over to verse 12. And once you've got to verse 12, if you would stand with me in reading and honor of the Lord and his word this morning. Beginning in verse 12. It says, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, your faith also in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God, because we bore witness against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if we have hope in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Father God, we thank you for your word. And Father, I just beg of you now, Lord, that you would open our ears and soften our hearts. Father, we may hear from Holy Spirit this morning. Father, that lives would be changed. Father, hope would be instilled in us. And Father, would you help me to, to just step aside, Lord, this morning. I want to be a vessel that's used by you. Would you speak through me this morning? And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. We come today again celebrating this resurrection. And since we have all of this hype about it, I want us to understand that there is a need for the resurrection. Because without the resurrection, there are a lot of things in life that would be worthless. And then if you have a bulletin there in your outline, the first one, the reason we need the resurrection is because your witness is worthless without it. It tells us there at 1 Corinthians 
15 verse 14, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith also in vain. What is this preaching? It's the announcement, the official announcement. It's the public declaration of something. I was writing this, and I heard many of you speak to me. Said, I'm not a preacher, I don't preach. All of us preach a message. We have a testimony. And if the resurrection had not happened, your preaching, what we preach in this life as a believer would be worthless. It would be vain. It would be empty. It would be without anything. One definition is pertaining being devoid of intellectual, moral, or spiritual value. This message that we preach has zero spiritual value if the resurrection hadn't happened. Christ would not be sitting at the right hand of the Father right now in our preaching what we testify to. He says there, what are we preaching? If, if you say that I'm a preacher and I say that all of us are preachers, not all of us are called into the ministry of a pastor preaching, but we've all been called to preach. We've all been called to tell this message. What is the message? It's the gospel. So I tell you that the resurrection is, the uh, preaching is worthless without it. Why? Look there at 1 Corinthians 15, back up at verse 3 and 4. We looked at this a few weeks ago. For I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried. And then he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. The gospel is empty. Because it says the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. You take the resurrection out, you just void it out what the gospel is, what God says the gospel is. The gospel isn't what the world necessarily says it is, what the Bible says it is, and what God says it is. And that's the death, burial, and the resurrection. We've looked at all three of those over the last three weeks. So if you pull that resurrection out, then you are making the gospel empty. The power to the gospel to set man free becomes empty. It becomes vain. It becomes worthless. And so does our testimony. Those of us who are believers, while we might not always be about as much as we should sharing the gospel, our life is that gospel. People know that we're believers. We tell people we're believers. And people know about the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection as it says there. Look at verse 15. It talks about our testimony. It says, more even, moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God. Because we bore witness against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise. If in fact the dead are not raised... For if the dead are not raised, even Christ has not been raised. Our testimony, we tell people about this resurrection. So if there was no resurrection, we're big fat liars. And more than that, we're even calling God a liar because we're testifying that God said that he raised Christ from the dead. And if he didn't, then we're lying. We're testifying against God, saying that what he said happened didn't happen. Do you see the importance of the resurrection? It's all important. The whole Bible is geared around that from beginning to end. From the time God created man and sin entered in, he had a plan. 
And that plan included the death, the burial, and the resurrection of his son. He planned to send his son at an ordained time. Not just when the lottery rolled around and it popped up and said, All right, Jesus, it's time to go. Before God even created heaven and earth, before God even created me or any of you, he had an ordained time. He already knew that he was going to be sending his son to die on that cross. He knew he was going to send his son as a baby so that he could come into the earth, he could be flesh, he could be tempted just like you and I are tempted. The main difference between that is he didn't sin and we do. But God ordained that time that his son would be born and he ordained a specific time that his son would die on that cross because God loved us enough that he said, I don't want to be separated from those that I've created. I don't want to be separated from those that I love. And the only way to do it is I'm going to have to show them how much I love them and I love them so much I'm going to send my own son. He's going to come to earth, live a perfect life. And then he's going to be beaten He's going to be ridiculed. He's going to be made fun of. He's going to be falsely accused of all these things. And then they're going to take him to the cross. They're going to nail him on that cross. Lift him up for all to see in shame. The worst punishment that there was. And put him in a grave. We came around the Lord's Supper table Friday night. And we looked at that crucifixion. And I said while we might be here on this Friday night celebrating the crucifixion and Christ going in the grave that many thought was defeat. Oh, Satan thought he done won it. Hmm, hmm. He had another thing coming, didn't he? Because just because Christ went in the grave, a lot can happen in three days. And that's where we're at today. We're here celebrating this resurrection. Because of that, we don't have a false witness. We're not testifying against God. Baptism that we just experienced is a testimony. If you are a a follower of Christ out of obedience, your next step is to follow in baptism because you get up in front of everyone, you make a public declaration that your old self has walked into those waters, that you have died with Christ and been buried with him as we lower you in the water and then come out a new person. The resurrection. Corinne experienced the resurrection out of the water this morning. She experienced the resurrection of her spirit years ago when she accepted Christ. Because you see, we could get up there all day long. I could take every one of you and dunk you in the water. As a friend of mine says, have a public bath in front of everybody. And it means nothing if the resurrection hadn't happened. The witness, the testimony is all false. Aren't you glad that there's a resurrection? 1 Corinthians fifteen sixteen again there tells us, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and you're still in sin. You know what I have to say? If the resurrection hadn't happened and you want to tell me a testimony, blah, blah, blah. And that's what the world's going to tell you because it's nothing to it. It's empty and it's vain. But because of the resurrection, we're sitting here today serving a risen Lord who is no longer in the tomb. He is victorious, he has defeated death, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. His job here on earth at the time is complete because he came to pay that price. There's coming a day that he's coming back, amen, and he's going to take us to be with him. But right now he's beside the Father interceding for you and for I. You see, without the resurrection, your witness would be worthless. Worthless. 
Secondly, without the resurrection, your faith is worthless. Look there at verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and you are still in your sin. What is your faith? We talk about faith all the time. I like to look up these words. You know, there's words we've used all of our life. Those of us who have grown up in church, we've heard these words. Sometimes I like to look them up and see what is the biblical answer to this. What is faith? I'm here to tell you it's not blind faith. It's not just saying, oh, they said it. I'm going to take it for what it is. No, what is faith? It's a state of believing on the basis of the reality of the one trusted. We believe. We have faith in the one who our faith is in. And our faith is in none other but Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and your faith and your hope and your testimony and everything else is in anything else but Christ, you've missed the mark. It's not going to get you where you think it's going to get you. But our faith is in Jesus Christ who we put our hope and our life in. And because of what he did in that resurrection, you see, our faith is what we believe in. If the resurrection hadn't happened, what we believe in is worthless. And it has no power. If the resurrection hadn't happened, what we've believed all of these years, we've been duped. But I'm here to tell you, you're not duped. Because I can tell you why I wasn't there when he was resurrected. I was sure here when he resurrected my spirit the day I accepted him. Amen? And you have that testimony too if you're a born again believer. I can testify that he's living because of what he does in my life. I have faith based upon his word. You know, this is probably the only book, the Bible, that has been around as long as it has, that has had as many critics as it has and had no, no one yet proven it wrong. We've not had to take the Bible and say, uh-oh, did you hear on the news? There was a recall. They have to go change something. No. All these years it's been right. In all these years it's had the resurrection in it. It's what we believe in. We've not been duped. It's our faith. It's the salvation through the gospel. Remember what I told you the gospel was? The death, burial, and the what? The resurrection. So there's no gospel. There's no faith. The gospel has to include the resurrection. And what else is with your faith is worthless because you've not been changed. You know, without the resurrection, we would still be who we are or who we were. If you were born again believer, how many of you glad God changed your life? Amen? And that's part of that resurrection. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. Paul was writing to that church there at Corinth. He wanted them to understand. And he wrote, and he died, talking about Jesus, and Jesus died for all so that they will live, so that they who live would no longer live for themselves. You know, we used to live for ourselves. That was our sin. We no longer live for ourselves. For him who died, and what? There it is. And rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their transgressions against them, as he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Christ who died and who rose again. Because of that, we are new creations. We've been changed from what we were. No resurrection, no change. We would still be living for ourselves. We would still be dead in sin. Are you glad that the resurrection happened this morning? Amen. There is a need, I'm telling you. It's not just because it's what we've been taught in Sunday school. But there is a need. It didn't just happen. We have to have the resurrection. Because without that change, you know what? You're still in your sin. We see back in our passage that we're looking at today out of 1 Corinthians 15 and 17. It says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, and you are still in your sins. Can I get an amen? Anybody that's glad they're no longer still in their sins. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's the resurrection. We're no longer dead. We've been made a a new creation. You see, it's this resurrection that changed us. It's the resurrection that changed everything. It's the resurrection that defeated the grave. Let me just read to you out of 2 Corinthians, excuse me, out of 2 Timothy 1 and verse 10. It says, but now has been manifested by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He appeared. If he's still in the tomb, he didn't appear. But he appeared, and because of that, it tells us there that he appeared, he abolished death. He come out victory. What did he come out and say? Now I have the keys. He holds the keys to heaven. He holds the keys to hell. He defeated death, amen, on that cross when he come out of the grave. His bloodshed and his life paid our remission of our sins. It paid our payment for our sins. But him coming out of the grave makes our faith have purpose and have worth. And without it, it's worthless because the grave is what changed everything. It brought life. You glad you have life? Amen. It woke our spirit up. Our spirit was dead to God through sin, but our spirit come alive through the resurrection. To those of us who receive the grace and the mercy of God, it reunites that. It gives our soul and our spirit life eternal. We have hope. We know what happens after this life. We go to be with him. And thirdly, without the resurrection, your hope is worthless. You glad you have hope this morning? Amen. We live in a world that many people don't know hope. Believe that's the reason so many people say our world is hopeless. Well, it's only hopeless if you don't know Christ. It's only hopeless if there was no resurrection. Because the one that defeated the grave is the one that's in control And it shows the power that he has. You see, we have hope in the Bible. Our hope would be worthless in this right here if there was no resurrection. 
This Bible talks about the resurrection. Do you know what else? If the resurrection, that one little word, is false, then every one of us on the way out take this whole Bible and drop it in the trash can because none of it is good. The whole thing is a lie. If any part of it is a lie, the whole thing is a lie. But we have hope. Because Christ came out of that grave. It tells us there at verse 19. If we have hope in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. You know, I I can imagine it's one thing to have no hope and to die without that hope. But can you imagine having hope in something that's false and not getting what you hope? That's pity. We need to be pitied. You see, we have hope in this world because we know that Christ will return. That's our hope. Because we hope in Christ's return. And guess what? If he didn't come out of the grave, guess what? He couldn't come back. He'd still be in the grave today. He came out of the grave. There was a resurrection. He ascended to heaven. And because of that, we hope in him coming back. We have faith. We believe in that. That gives us the hope, something to live for. Let me tell you, if I didn't have hope that Christ was alive in my life and that Christ was coming back, I couldn't wake up in the morning. I mean, just turn on the TV and then zap out any hope you might have other than our hope is stronger than what we see on TV. Why are people running around in madness killing people? Why do we read on TV of people committing suicide or turning to drugs and alcohol and sex and all these things? They're looking for hope. But guess what? They're looking for hope in all the wrong places. There is hope in Christ's return. Let's turn over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, we'll be beginning in verse 1. Jesus has been living with and working with his disciples. These men have given up their entire life to spend under the leadership and the teaching of Jesus. They gave it up all. And then Jesus is getting ready to tell them, guess what, I'm leaving. Can you imagine Giving up everything to follow somebody and three years later they're leaving? Listen to this. Verse 1, Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There's the resurrection. We get the hope of him coming back. He had to come out of the grave again to go to heaven, to come back to get us, to take us back to heaven. What hope we have knowing that he is coming again and ready for us. But not only are we hoping for the Christ's return, But we can hope because we have hope and look forward to being resurrected with Christ. 
The moment you receive Christ, your spirit's resurrected. But God tells us that his son Jesus is coming back for us. He's not just coming back to be on earth to walk around again. He's coming back to take us to be with him. Let me just turn over 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus For this way we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. We have hope that the resurrection is coming and that we will be resurrected with it. You know what? On a selfish note, we also have hope that our loved ones who have gone on before us have already gone to be with heaven And that one day we will be reunited with them. Can you imagine, church, how hopeless this room would be with the casket laying right here and there has been no resurrection. We have no hope of where they're at. No hope of what's going to happen. No hope of ever seeing them. You see, without the resurrection, our hope is worthless so there is a need for the resurrection let's look at Revelation 21 what is this hope why are we so glad that there is a resurrection Revelation 21 verse 5 beautiful passage then I saw a new heaven and a new earth For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. I saw the holy city and new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be among them. Here's a hope. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Praise the Lord. There'll no longer be any death. There'll no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. We have hope that there's coming a day that this old corrupt world is going to be gone away. And he's going to bring down a new one. In that new heaven and earth, there's going to be no more pain. Many of us have pain. So we get older, there's more pain. I had someone ask me one time, or I always heard people talking. I know you all probably heard me say this. They talk about, you know, I couldn't wait to get older and become a senior. Because they said it's the golden years. 
They said, I don't see any gold in these years. And I said, yeah, it takes gold to live in those years. Because you're always going to the doctor, amen? No more pain. No more suffering. No more tears of sadness. No more death. That's all because of the resurrection. He's gone up and he's coming back. You see, our hope would be worthless if it wasn't for all of that. So let's take a look here. You see, because of, I've told you we needed the resurrection. I've told you everything that's worthless without it. But here's what we get out of the resurrection. It gives us a witness. It's a witness that we can hold fast to, we can be strong on, one we can be excited. You know, it's one thing to go out and talk about, I got a speeding ticket. Not many of us do that. Any of you go out joyfully talking about speeding tickets you got? But how many of you get a new baby or a grandbaby? Boy, roll out the pictures. You're excited to tell about it. You have a witness. The resurrection gives us a witness. The resurrection also gives us faith. What we believe in is fact. And it is true. And we can stand on that. And believe in that. And the resurrection gives us hope. And I'm so glad that God gave us hope. You know, it's not only hope for the future, but it's hope right here and now. We can live today knowing that our Savior defeated death because he loved you. He wants a relationship with you. And it gives us hope knowing that we can live today. It gives us a a reason to live knowing what is to come. But you know that hope inside of me? The moment Christ came in, you know, Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The moment we come to Christ out of obedience and faith in the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, and we receive him, Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. And it gives me hope knowing that every step I take, that Holy Spirit's right there walking with me. Through the good times, we all like those, amen. Through the difficult times, we have someone walking with us. We have hope. Through death, we have someone walking with us. It's hope. Without that hope, how do we get there? I've been by many of your sides, Miss Susan, and others in this room that have walked through being with a loved one that died. And you look back and you say, I don't know how I got through it. It was that hope that we have in the peace of God. It's the only way we can get through those times. The hope we have. The hope we can have in going through the loss of a job. The death of a child. The hope that outweighs everything. So I don't know about you, but I say there's a need for the resurrection. Amen? Do you agree? We need the resurrection so that we can have a witness. So that we can have faith. And that we can live today with hope in our life. That's what we come celebrating today. The resurrection. That empty tomb gives us hope. May you bow your heads. Father God, we come to you this morning. 
Father, we praise you for the resurrection. We celebrate today, Lord, in our own ways. Lord, we gather, number one and foremost, together with other brothers and sisters, Christ, to celebrate you, Father. Then when we leave here, we're going to, many of us, gather with family and celebrate there. Father, a whole day of celebration, all for you, because of the resurrection. Father, we are so, so thankful. And Father, I don't know if I could ever express my gratitude enough for that resurrection. Father, it lets my life be a witness that's worthy and true. Father, it allows my life to have faith, Lord, I know in what I believe in. And Father, you give me hope. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. If you would just stand where you are, I'm just going to ask that you bow your heads for just a moment and close your eyes. I don't want anything distracting you. I'm going to give you just a moment to, to listen. The Holy Spirit's going to begin speaking. It's probably already been speaking to you. There's some of you in here that can say you know without a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die right now, you have hope that you would be in heaven, that you would be there with Christ. He would come and take you to be with him. Praise the Lord for that. There might be someone here today who says, you know, I really don't have that hope. There's a weight on your shoulders. There's, just, there's some kind of a darkness or a hole, a void in your life that you've been trying many ways to fill. I'm here to tell you that void is Christ. And today is the day we celebrate the resurrection. Can today be the day that you say that you want to put your faith in Christ? Have your spirit resurrected? I mean, what a birthday to have into, into the kingdom than on the day that Christ, we celebrate, he was raised. I'm going to ask that if you're here this morning, Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And you know that you don't have that hope. Or maybe you are not sure if you have that hope or not. I'm just going to ask you to slip out where you are and make your way down to the front. Don't worry about what anyone else is thinking because I promise you anyone around you is going to be celebrating. But I don't want anyone to leave today with even the slightest bit of doubt in their life. I want you to have the hope that I have. The hope that keeps me going in this world today. Are you willing to surrender to him? Come and let me share with you. Maybe you just want to come and kneel at these altars and praise the Lord. Whatever Holy Spirit's speaking, just ask that you're sensitive.